What would you say you do here? You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. There are no more shenanigans, no more tomfoolery, no more ballyhoo. myself for loving you okay that was a that was a nice rendition that was uh paul jet that was oh god <laughs> it's funny because you fly planes paul jet oh that's not funny does All it right. fly faster because you got two t's in your name <laughs> saw joan jet at six flags about 30 million years ago wow i did at Six Flags, they, they, it, Six Flags made a con- concert venue in Six Flags over Georgia, and yeah, I saw Joan Jett. A lot of the amusement parks did that for a while. I know yeah. Kings Island had uh, down in since North of Cincinnati. This kind of went away, didn't it? I don't know. I think maybe Six Flags and Disney. Like I know Disney still has little concerts and stuff in there, but it's. I don't know if they have like name, like big name acts like so, like used to be done in a music. This is with a lesbian friend of mine who wasn't lesbian then, but she really got into Joan Jett, so that kind of makes sense now with her leather pants and all that stuff. Well, yeah. You know what I'm saying? The leather pants. Like she drives a Subaru on tour. <laughs> Jesus. Is Joan Jett gay? I think so, but I'm not. I, I don't know, man. I think she's, uh, you know, she just did whatever. I don't care. I'm just kind of, I never thought about that. I don't know. Long. I, have, I literally have no idea. Yeah. Um. So we uh, haven't recorded in a couple we weeks. We haven't recorded in a couple weeks, and, and, and you've done some traveling did since our, then. Did our episode finally drop last week or not? Yes. It did not. Yeah. It did? It did. It posted. Finally. Yes. Okay, got it. So, yeah, I went back to Atlanta um, to visit my stepmother and my sister met up. I was there for a few more days than my sister was, which is good because I got to go out to visit friends. But I have a couple of quick an- anecdotes or whatever on the flight out, on the trip up. Okay. Fine. So I got plenty of time up there. I got a flight out at 1030, I guess, in the morning. So here I go. Oh, I got plenty of plenty – of, is that a helicopter? I don't know. Could be. Anyway, uh, plenty of time to go up there. Great. So I'm tooling up, and I, I do the uh, economy parking, which is slightly off-site. It's a little shuttle going back and forth, about 10 bucks a day. Yeah. 10, 12 bucks. And I go, going, yep, exit here, boom, and I'm, I'm not seeing the sign for it. You know, I'm, I'm like, I think it's just right over there. I think I can almost see where the area is. I can see cars over there, you know, as I'm approaching the terminal buildings and stuff. I'm going, I know it's right over there. Didn't see the signs. Great. I'll just do another circuit. I'll go around again. I must have just missed it, you know. Do another circuit all the way around. Mm, here we come again. Okay, uh, Terminal 1. Here it comes. Okay, here we come. I'm looking, sharp, looking, sharp. I, there's no fucking sign. Shit. So I went around a third time. I'm going, okay, now I'm getting a little worried about the departing, departing flight. Now I'm wasting a lot of time here. It's fine. So I went in on the uh, long-term parking, covered parking long-term, which is $18 a day. Yeah. And um, I was be, I'll be gone for almost a week. I'm like, oh, fuck. But I... All the things were full, too, and there were people directing traffic. Oh, there's more parking spaces over there. I'm going, I don't even know where I'm going. I, you know, the clock is ticking. Mm-hmm. Fine. Long story short of that, I finally found a spot, left it parked there. At least it was in the shades. So that was nice. I don't know what the bill was when I got out, but I thought, you know, I called them afterwards. After I got back here, I actually called all the park. Nice woman answered the phone about parking in Las Vegas Airport. I said, I just got a question. Drove up there, found this. Oh, no, yes, it's under reconstruction. They're modifying. They're adding to it. They're doing this. They're doing that. And it's closed now. It's only open to employee parking because it's kind of dirty and the construction going on. So they figure the employees will have can't have, can't complain. So they have a bunch of employees. Oh, my God. So I, I kind of laughed at her. She goes, yeah, it's kind of funny. I said, yeah. I said, so is there any other options? She goes, well, there are off-site, which you can do. I didn't know this. For This is a public service announcement. There are other hotels around that will let you park there. 
for a lot less, like six or seven bucks a day yeah. in hotel parking. But people used to also, which they've put an end to this, I think, park on the main casinos on the Strip and get a fucking Uber or something like that and be yeah. undercover. And I think they're kind of putting an end to they, that, though. They put an end to that five, six years ago, right. seven years ago, probably. Right. Yeah, well, they're started to because there, right. there were places I used to park for the longest time. Or uh, used to be uh, there was... I forget what the hotel was. It was like a double tree, some sort of Hilton property where right. uh, you get one night, you stay there one night, and you can park there for like $4 a day or $2 a day or something super cheap if you stayed one night. So I would do stuff like either like for an or- early morning flight, just pay for the hotel room, mm-hmm. which ended up costing less money. Sure. Yeah, and yeah, it's that, a- that, That's a good way to do it. Yeah. So, but there are other hotels that aren't the main strip ones that are off-site in like secured sort of like they know they can make money at this and yeah. we just fucking park some yeah. airline people at a few miles away and they have a shuttle like one of them has a shuttle going every 30 minutes okay so you got to plan a little bit yeah ahead of time but i was just it was i was bothered by i haven't been to the airport in a while i'm like what the fuck turns out anyway there is an, another economy right next to the covered parking that's in a big chain link fence that's like a thousand spots not that many seems like a lot but it's not um, you can park there for like ten bucks, as opposed to eighteen dollars in the right. other thing. So it's there as an option. But they ask her when are they going to have the new place? She goes, we don't really know. It's going to be maybe six months. Could be up to oh. a year, but it's going to be like a nice bigger thing, and it'll be, be open up at some point. Okay, great, thanks, fine. Go to security, no problem. Get on the plane. So I just have a couple little comments here. I haven't. It, it wasn't a problem on the airplane, but people have little stories about guests on the airplane that you're sitting around yeah right yeah so, also um got to check my bag for uh for uh for for free here's a little thing too if you on delta if you carry your carry-on but they often offer you to have your uh bag checked for free if you're willing to do that you don't have to deal with it fine they'll check it boom it's it's no charge that's a little little uh hint there for that here's the other thing at least in atlanta they did this too they said and i already volunteer this everybody's yawning now if you if you if you were if you have volunteered your bag to be checked uh you can early board so now the people have on holy shit i was oh that's cool one of two or three people that did that i was early on the airplane and my bag was already checked i'm like this is fucking great anyway small little clue there fine on the flight out from vegas to atlanta um hour into it uh i'm just leaning up i chose a window because i did I can not go to the bathroom for four or five hours. Not a problem. Especially if I'm not drinking a lot of coffee or water if I don't eat. In fact, I will not eat or drink really anything on the day of a flight. I don't want to have to go to the bathroom on any level. Me either. That's why I uh, the only time I've ever really drank on a flight is uh, the, my first flight to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And that's because I had the full-size bathroom directly behind me. And they didn't they bump up to first class or and, something like well, that? I didn't, no, no, I paid for the upgraded like business oh. their business class, which okay. is kind of like first class on most other airlines. Sure. yeah. Uh, and the the bathroom like the like there's a there's a bulkhead directly behind my seat like my seat didn't recline very far because the bathroom was directly behind me right so and there so was only nice. like five six people sitting in the whole area where I was sitting in that section and there was probably thirty seats right so I'm like yeah and then they offered me a complimentary cocktail like you know flight attendant was like hey is this your first trip yeah it is you get a complimentary cocktail and I'm like sounds awesome mm-hmm. and so I did that but all another time I got I got upgraded probably fifteen years ago I got upgraded to first class. Nice. And I had access to a bigger bathroom that was right there. And that's the, the literally the, the only reason I drank on those flights. I drank anything. Right. Because I typically won't get in unless I – there was a couple times where I was like, eh, I did dumb shit. Like I, you know, decided it was a good idea to stay the night in Vegas the night before but go and party instead of, like, getting a good night's sleep. Right. And I'm hungover and, like, 
just dehydrated and, and just feel like absolute dog shit. And, uh, you know, I was like, oh, I have a little hair of the dog, which just made things so much worse. And I, my stomach got upset, so I ended up eat, uh, drinking some ginger ale. Right. And, you know, whatever. But uh, for the most part, I'm the same way as you. And and, and double that for road trips. And the only difference I'll, I'll, would like, be... I won't me. dehydrate myself but and starve myself, but I'm eating very light and not drinking very Until much. Until you're in place somewhere. Correct. You know. Um. So, yeah, it was... Uh, or I've done that as well, too, and I've, when I was... What's fortunate to have to go to Australia or years ago when I was still getting passes through Delta Airlines and they put you in first class a lot for that shit. They had great food and oh, yeah. drinks. Yeah. Bathrooms right there. Same thing. But now it's a cattle car and it's, you're crammed in the back and just give me the window to lean up against and hopefully nothing weird will happen. Okay. So an hour in the flight, this guy, guy has his own, he brought his own food. In general, I don't have a problem with that. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. People usually bring something. Or you can buy something also. They, they, you can buy, like, for 10 bucks. It's not bad food on Delta, actually. For 10 bucks, you can buy this kit of food. Two or three options. It's pretty good, actually. I've had cool. it before. Anyway, so he has his own bag and a big old Ziploc. Pulls out this sandwich, which is kind of overfilled with the meat. And I'm like, I didn't, even know, I didn't notice that part first because I'm leaning up against the thing, but I'm awake and listening to a podcast probably or watching a movie and falling asleep. And all I smell is fucking tuna fish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is like and an nineties I'm like Jerry oh, Seinfeld. Once I look over, it's a fucking it's loaded up with tuna fish, dude, and he's just right there, you know, kind of peeling it apart and putting mayonnaise on. He's now opening it up and assembling reassembling it. I like tuna fish. I do too. But this is just wafting all over the fucking cabin. I'm going, Oh, great. Fine. So that and it then he finally finishes and puts it away for a while. Hour later, another smell comes up, and um, it's a really ripe and probably good for making banana bread. Banana. Oh God! So I, I smell very. I like bananas too, but it was just a strong ass fucking banana smell, also going all over the fucking cabin. I'm going, holy Christ! And then I think someone opened up the window, and I remember this too because he was also it was funny because he was kind of looking out because he's kind of curious. And then we would turn a little bit, and he was afraid to turn. You know, it was like it was scary because we were banking. Okay. So he's making tuna fish and banana smells and afraid. And then he would go up multiple times to go to the bathroom. Fine, all that's over. Well, I guess that's over. We have an hour left till we land. Pulls out the tuna fish sandwich again. <laughs> and he didn't finish it before, but now we're going to finish it. Fuck. Anyway, oh, I'm sorry. One last thing. Still leaning up against her, trying to sleep and not just being as small as I can against the window and just not be. He takes his shoes off, <laughs> crosses his legs, and his foot is right here, like neck touching right. the armrest. Oh, no. I have no other stories, but I didn't talk to him. I didn't say, Good, move your goddamn foot. I wasn't. I said, I'm just going to. My, and it wasn't it, again. It wasn't someone that was violent who was trying to strangle the flight attendant or people to get in the fist fight. You know, it wasn't one of those kind of things we've all seen. It um, was just a rude person that didn't give a fuck. It was just going on. It just was ongoing, just the whole time. I'm going. I, I I must be the best passenger to be sitting next because I didn't get up once. I didn't order any food. I didn't not like the flight. They'll come around twice. Hey, would you like something to drink? A complimentary, you know, soda or coffee or whatever. Nothing. And they give you a little, you know, some cookies or some peanuts and shit. Which, by the way. Peanuts went away for a while. Now they're not. What's up with that? It was the peanut allergy thing. I know, but yeah. how come they're back? I like peanuts, but do people all of a sudden not have allergies anymore? How come they... I have no idea. 
It's just I, a weird I, thing. I noticed that the last time I flew, which was a while back, but like I that they like, were gone or they, they came back. No, that they came back. Right. What what does that even mean? I have no idea, man. I don't get it. Was it like one person that had a bad attack and then and, and that's triggered everything? I have I, I don't know. I don't have a good answer and I just weird. Yeah, just, I just a little fun fact. Oh, fucking, I hate flying. I I don't hate flying. I hate that kind of shit like you're talking about. Right. You know, which but also reminds me of too. Like, I really would like to get a bigger, faster airplane and just not do this. Uh, yeah. You know, at all, ever. Anyway. Anyway. Um, Did you have fun in Atlanta though? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, it was fun. It was a different. Um, it was interesting because I. Here's part of the thing. You you can never. They say you can never go back. Okay, normally when I visit in Atlanta, the last several times, it's been four days maybe, right. and I'll visit my stepmother. I'm kind of isolated in her house a little bit. I'll go to Johnny McCracken's, great fucking Irish, probably the best Irish pub in the Atlanta metro area, near an area where I used to live, and I was there opening fucking day, so he remembers me. Uh-huh. You know, I'm one of his first customers, so... Um, and I'll go there for like a beer or two, and Alice, I'll go there for lunch, something like that, and come back, and then we'll just hang out. And not visit any of my friends. This time I visited a good handful of friends, and I toured around, which I haven't done in forever, to my other houses I lived at, and that kind of stuff. Because I had Alice's card. She's a nice Q50 Infinity thing, and um, beautiful card, comfortable. Took Uber from the airport to her place, and she goes, well, "You got you gonna rent a car?" And went, "No, I'll just not. I'll just take Uber." And finally, she said, "Why don't you take my car?" I said, "I don't want to leave." Here's the problem I have with taking your car. You don't have a car now. If something happens or you need, if you're willing to go somewhere for who knows why, you don't have your car here. She goes, don't worry about it. Just whatever. Fine. So I took her car. I topped it off with fuel twice, you know, make sure it was clean, all that kind of stuff. And here's a fun part about it because it's a nice stereo in there. It's a newer-ish car, wonderful stereo. So I'm going, this sounds terrible. Got into it. It all is the original factory. This was funny. All the factory settings. Zero balance, zero fades. Oh, God. Right in the middle of treble bass. Everything was right down the middle. I'm going, oh, my fucking God. So I made it, to, and I told it, too. I said, Alice, I apologize, you know, and you may not like the settings. that, Like on uh, Joel, do you hear preponderance of bass? Like from uh, Risky Business and Tom Cruise when he was. Preponderance of, of bass. Preponderance of bass. Like he was being chastised because he was playing with his father's equalizer. Yeah. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. So I said, I, I have adjusted all of your controls, and now. The balance is good. The left and right, a little more treble, a little more bass. That sounds great. I said, if you hate it, just let me know. Just, I'll fix it. I'll put it back. She goes, why do you know you could do that? She's a little older. She's like 75, I guess. But she has all her wits about her, but she also likes music. She used to go to concerts and stuff. Yeah. But she just never really fucked around with it. She never got into the, you know, it's a flat screen. You got to kind of. She's like, this is the best it can sound. That's it. Right. And it sounds Pretty good. It's because she was never a teenage boy trying to <laughs> drive as much fucking wattage through the right. shittiest speakers possible. So I got all that adjusted, and then I also uh, paired my phone, which has all my shit on there, or Spotify, whatever, to all the shit I want to listen to. God, that was fucking great. Sounded wonderful. Tooling around. It corners well. It accelerates well. It's got a kind of a bigger engine. It's in a nice fucking car. You know, so I loved all that shit. Drove around to my old neighborhood, took pictures of shit, and it's just, but it just it feels kind of... Um, I, I am not a reminiscing kind of person. Like, I wanted to see it because I hadn't done it in since I moved, really. I haven't gone to my old houses and stuff. I would go to places and visit friends and go to, like, went to the ball game this last trip, for example, on my birthday, which happened last week, um, and uh, that kind of shit. But it felt kind of icky. It's like, 
I can't explain it. It's like I'm just moving forward in my life. I don't want to come back and reminisce and feel sorry that, oh, I remember when my friends were here and we played kickball in the in the cul-de-sac, and I'm just not good at that shit. It doesn't is it, feel is good it, to me. Is it because it bums you out? Or is it just that, uh, to me, I, I like, the only thing that I really like about that and doing stuff like that mm-hmm. is to show someone, this is where I came from. This is, right. when, I, when I'm talking about this, this is what it is. Like when, when, when uh, Mailman Mike, uh, you know, came out to Ohio while right. I was there and visited, he was there like five days, I think, mm-hmm. out of the, like the nine that I was there. And... Um, I took him to places that he had only heard stories about mm-hmm. because we've been friends From for you, almost yeah, a decade, talking you know, about shit, yeah. and heard me talking about stuff. So I got to he got to put that stuff in context. And a couple years prior, if you remember, he did the same thing where we went down to Oceanside, mm-hmm. where he grew yes. up. Yep. And so I got to see his old house and his old haunts and little just you know skateboard spots that I'd seen in skate videos from 25, 30 years ago that mm-hmm. literally like the high school that he went to they'd filmed. Dozens of skate videos, like just cool shit like that. Right, and it puts the, that person that you that you, that that you have you care about enough to open up your life to. It gives them even more context as to why you are the way that you are. So, but for me, it's not like, oh man, I miss this or I miss that or I miss that. It's ne- it's rarely like that. The about the I can tell you the only place where I get a little uh, a little sad, you know, and really miss certain things is going by my grandparents' house in Tucson. Because yeah. I have, and it was such a short amount of time, but I have so many formative and good and decent memories of that house, and that one kind of you know, bumps me out because because my, my grandparents are I, now, they both now passed. I, I would say that my grandparents lived in Santa Monica, and I had, if I think about it now, and all it was great because what I, you know your sense of smell is one of the strongest memories, whatever. Oh my fucking god! This is in Santa Monica, they lived not too far not too far from the beach. It wasn't you could walk to the beach, but it was. It would take you 30 minutes. It was kind of a hike. Yeah. Yeah. But it's there, but you still get the cool air from the, you know, they, yeah. they weren't in the hot LA part. They were close enough to the, anyway, so that was lovely weather there. I'm not even sure they had air conditioning. I don't even know. Probably didn't need to. Yeah. Maybe they would now. Anyhow, so, but they had kind of a shotgun house, you know, shaped kind of longer that way, but he w- would make additions to it, and it was nicely done. And they had an empty lot. They owned the lot next to them. They're not that big of a lot, but that's where he had all his fruit trees and all this shit I was, would tell you about. So every single year we went there, I'd met, you, we'd pick off fruit off trees, eat them right off the tree. Yeah. You know, all the, I remember all that stuff. And they had a fantastically large gardenia bush right out of the window where I slept. I'm getting goosebumps now thinking oh, about it. Oh, just that smell. Oh, my oh, gosh. Yeah. The windows are open. It's cool at night. And the gardenia smell all night. Like you wake up, I have to go to the bathroom. Oh, my God. It smells like gardenias. And it was just, I will never, ever forget. I've, I've probably not smelled a gardenia. You okay? Yeah. Okay. I have probably not smelled a gardenia since then, when I was probably, when my parents died, grandparents died, excuse me, and then we went there to, you know, y'all want to this stuff? Who wants this table? Who want, you know, all yeah. that kind of stuff. I was probably at the oldest, would have been like 35 years old, yeah. something like that. That's probably the last time I smelled gardenia. But if I ever smell it again, there's no doubt in my mind. If I'm to happen to be walking by a gardenia bush and don't name, I'll go. Oh my God, my grandparents! It'll house. just take you back. Yep. Oh, 100. Yeah. percent I miss that part. But these, and I even drove by my neighborhood. Drove by my first girlfriend. Remember her first name? Probably not. Paula. Thank you, Paul and Paula. There you have it. And the, the house next it's door. Still so cute to me. The house next door to them, which is where I lost my virginity, which I think she did too. At this, you know, she was babysitting, and I went to that house, and we had sex. Because that's what you do. Sweet. 
anyway, drove by her house because it was in the same neighborhood. I lived, oh, yeah, that's, oh, that's what I was like. And I'm thinking, who the fuck would give a fuck? Like, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, this is okay to see, but it kind of, I kind of feel icky about it because I've really moved on. Like, I, like I never wanted to move back or whatever. I don't know. I, in other words, I did it once. I don't have to do that again. If you go, yeah, I was going to say, you probably don't ever have to do what you did on this trip ever again. No, but because it, it's, it, it serves no purpose. But, and you're very much a purpose driven person. But I'm driving around thinking, if I had a, a girlfriend and uh, she wanted to go with me to visit Alice and meet Alice for something, to say we're dating and kind of getting serious, oh, you get to meet Alice and she would go, hey, man, let's go by your old house where you grew up. Yeah, I don't want to, yeah, whatever. Oh, let's do that. And I would, I'm imagining this in my mind going, Oh yeah, there's my good friend George's house across the street, and there's the girl down there. That's that's why that's why I had sex for the. First. I'm going. Who the fuck gives a fuck? I, I'm thinking to myself, no one is. They're gonna be bored out of their minds. If I were with you, Listen I would have been. Story. If I were with you and we did that, it would have been like a five hour long podcast, and it would have been fucking hilarious. Oh my god! But to do it by yourself, I see. I it's kind of a it's kind of a fruitless endeavor. Like it doesn't yeah. do anything other than provide. It actually doesn't really provide anything to you because. I know that, uh, like, uh, like when I uh, the last one of the last times I was down in Tucson, Portia and I took a tr- uh, a cruise down. Uh, I went to the Desert Museum, mm-hmm. which was you know uh, is that to me is about the most reminiscent thing that I will do, and I'll do that f- as much as I can the rest of my life because okay. that place I I I truly truly developed a a love of flora and fauna. I really fell in love with the desert and realized that the desert isn't just a dead environment. Yes. Where nothing grows and there's nothing there, right? And I spent a lot of time there with with, with my grandfather and my grandmother because they were members, you know, for years. So, but w- anyway, we went to the desert museum and I said, "Hey, you know what? We're on this side of town. Let's cruise over by my old neighborhood, like just you know." And I kind of I hadn't been there in maybe three years, and I wanted to see what else had changed. And it has become it's it's slowly improving and becoming not gentrified, but people are right. just taking care of their shit. Because people are buying houses, not to flip them, but taking houses that were built in the 50s and 60s and revamping them and turning them from shitholes into livable dwellings. Right. So, uh, and that was, again, that was with Portia. That was just, that was me and my child and talking about my memories there and giving context to where I came from. So you talk about the... the, and, the but that's different than going by yourself like I probably wouldn't have done it by myself I, I just have no reason to here's because reason. I've already been to the I know where it's at I lived there and it, it doesn't I've moved on from that but like 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 I said before about the only time I'll do things like that in places I've lived where it's been a significant amount of time since I've lived there I I I, I I'll, the only time I'll go there is if I'm taking somebody right. with me so the only reason I think I stopped by these other places was when I was driving back from an, an adjacent ish city where George lives, where he, they made me a birthday dinner, and they, this is the chef or cook George. It does everything fantastically. Hey, what kind of cake you want? This is a few days prior, and I went. I don't know. I, Alice would like like them too. She loves everything chocolate, super chocolate stuff, and so do I. It was a lovely three or four layer dark chocolate with all homemade in ganache icing. I mean, oh it's just yeah, fucking as chocolate as you can fucking taste. You know, it was fantastic. Anyway, so I'm driving back from there, kind of going back in my old neighborhood area in a way. And I'm going, oh, man. I, and in fact, I even turned around and said, oh, that's where I used to live in that subdivision. So after about a half mile, I went, fuck it. Let me just go back and look at it. So once I started doing that, I started going back to the other 
houses and places that were pretty close by. Oh, yeah, I used to work there. There to the Domino's Pizza used to be and blah, 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 blah. One of the coolest things I thought, and then I'll get into what, I was, what you were saying about improvements that were made, was that this, this corner about maybe a mile and a half, two-mile walk, Myself, George, and his brother would walk to the. It was a stop and go, which is like a Seven Eleven. You ever heard of a stop and go? I have heard of a stop and go. Okay, so I don't, I don't know where I've seen them, but I've I've definitely because I want to say they're owned by Fast Trip because the logo is the same. Okay, like red Probably and is. orange. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, we go to stop and go and get like a uh, some sweet tarts or a candy or something like that when we were younger. Okay. Anyway, the coolest, I drove by there, now it's a brand new quick trip. Yeah, Even, big father. Oh, they leveled up. Yeah, so I went, cool, I'm getting gas there. And I, anyway, it wasn't like, I have, I none of the stuff that I saw ever in my mind was like, oh, the stop and go is gone. That makes me sad. I was like, it's a fucking quick trip now. Awesome. Yeah. I'm going there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the, oh, this road is now divided now, and it's got these bricks in the middle that used to be just a two lane. It was so nice when it was less traffic and all. I'm looking at this going, that's great. Oh, they got a park there now. That's cool. Oh, look, there's a little arts and crafts. That wasn't there. I'm thinking how much cooler it is now in a right. way. When I know a lot of people that I've seen comments, and not just this town, of course, but a lot of people are like, oh, my God, the town has changed so much when I was a kid. And I remember when I was a little girl or a boy, and this was so awesome because this was great. And I have just not in that mode for whatever reason. I'm like, this is cool. This is better now. Yeah, I would. You know? I, I would have the. Oh man, this town is exactly the same. This sucks. Right. This it. Everything I thought about this town that I used to live in is uh is is true. It well, it, it sucks. It well, hasn't like, changed. It hasn't grown. It hasn't done anything. Nothing's been improved. Like Kingman downtown's about to go through a little bit of a a good change here in in my opinion. But as you pointed out, one of the meetings when we go into the details, but people like they were upset that the old concrete was going to go away. Yeah. I could. And, 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 I didn't grow up here, so I get it. But then I then I had some perspective. I went back to Atlanta, and I'm going. I could give a fuck about that old sidewalk. It's well, and the the, the thing about the old sidewalk is, and I and I kind of understand from a historic historical aspect mm. that you can one could make the ar- argument that that because the WPA put that down in the mm-hmm. third early 30s, late 20s, early 30s as part of the New Deal. Okay, sure. Well, yeah, it would have been early 30s as part of the New Deal because the WPA did that, and they did a bunch of work around here, including all the cap. The Works Progress Administration. Yeah, Works Progress All those communists back then when Franklin or Delano Roosevelt was. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So the WPA laid those sidewalks down and some of the sidewalks downtown, but they also built a bunch of the cabins up in the Wallapies. Yes, they did. And one could make the the argument. Yes, they're still there. That's all the stone cabins that are up there. Right and oh, yeah. and broke most of the trails that are up there, like Potato Patch yes. Loop and Aspen yep. Peak and all that stuff. That was all WPA, and it's been maintained by the county ever since. Yeah. So, um, one could posit the argument is where do you, uh, where do you draw the line at things that are historically relevant, that right. were laid down in an era of great change and 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 tr- really threw us into some prosperous times after the Great Depression or during and then after. So what do you what's so the the we would. No one would ever, no one would allow Mojave County to tear down those cabins and rebuild new ones because the WPA built sure. them. They're stone cabins. They're still livable. They're still functional, this, that, and the other. Sure, I get that. Someone could posit the argument, I'm just playing devil's advocate, that mm. the sidewalks should be treated with the same amount of respect. However, the cabins are still useful. The sidewalks have deteriorated. Concrete, chemical, and they, and they breakdown they a- ADA, they're not ADA compliant. They're not ADA compliant. They're also no longer compliant when it comes to drainage downtown because mm-hmm. when they were put in, there were a bunch of 
buildings that didn't exist and this and that and the other. So I understand, I think, both sides of it. But, of course, I'm going to lean on the side of, of progress and getting rid of them. In yeah. fact, I'm sure FDR's ghost would be like, I don't give a shit. Bust up those concrete so people right. like me in wheelchairs can get around better. Right. Plus, they made changes. And that's the other thing, too, is that if you, you've got to put yourself at that time front, you know, people that built a nice, new, cool-looking building – at some point, it didn't exist before, and they probably tore down a fucking shack. Right. I mean, that those people probably had a vision in their mind to create something. Well, so do we moving forward with this. Kind of, I'm sure we're going to get a lot of complaints of that kind of shit. I, I know there's going to be a ton of complaints, and there's going to be dip in business, but we're, we're all going to try and work together and keep uh, keep things going for as many people as possible. And I, I it's going to be some – these are growing pains is what they are. And I, I've been talking about this for years when it came to Kingman, and Kingman is in that in-between – Size, I think uh, 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 Councilwoman Staley talked about this when she went to that first Main Street uh, meeting when, like, St. Louis or somewhere back east One of them years was, ago. Oh, yeah, and then after that it was Seattle, I think. Right. Anyway. And uh, they're about the, 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 the troubles that medium-sized, like, cities have, and we're almost on the cusp of that. Mm-hmm. We're like, still a small town. Yeah, small tax base, but it's on the verge of becoming a big town, and which, it could explode, which a lot of people which, wouldn't that are older don't want they, that to they happen. They don't want that because it's too much change, and I understand that. The older I get, the the less I like abrupt change. And now I've never been a fan of it, and I've I've never thrived very well on abrupt change. But I deal with it because that's how sometimes that's how life is. I don't think it bothers me as much. I it, just don't. It, it. But when it comes to change for the better, where I can see the vision, I have mm-hmm. no problem with it whatsoever. And I already know. That it's going to be a pain in the ass to take down all the stuff that's in front of Blackbridge, all that stuff that's drilled into concrete and assembled. It won't be that hard. All that it's going to be a lot harder than you think. Eh. And, but I'm going to. <laughs> we've already got a few volunteers that are going to right. help out with that and a place to store it, so we don't have to completely disassemble the whole. Because right. it's a whole free. Next time you go out there, it's a, it's a, it's an incredible design. Oh yeah, for that canopy and how it was, an, and how it was a nice improvement. Hundred percent. Yeah, and so they're going to replace all that stuff in there, but. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a pain, but I welcome it because come, you know, uh, say February or March next year, mm. it's going to be incredible. Yeah, it's, it's going, going to be, be, it's going to change the landscape of downtown Kingman so much for the better. Right. Well, people are stuck with a thing, too, when they move someplace, like say they moved to a place and they were 10 or they're born and raised, you know, that that's where they imagine that's when it was awesome. When they were growing up then, they have friends when they're younger, all that kind of shit. But before you got there... You know, it went through a lot of change, too. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's, it's you know, it was, you know, America was better when, you know. Oh, my God. And if someone came on, I'm not going to get down into that path. But, nope. you know, but we can go talk about the, yeah, what do the Native Americans have to say about that? Yeah, no you, shit. You know, how far back do we want to go? Yeah. You know, when you were born. So the world revolves around, we're all egocentric, right? The world revolves around your life when you were 10 years old. That's it. You know, so we want to stop everything at that point. Yeah. And go back to that. No. Right. Yeah. So I, I like seeing the progress. I that, and another reason I like when I go back to, to to Troy, you know, in Ohio, you know, the town I spent a lot of years and a lot of most of my formative years, uh, at least teenage formative years, were were you know were spent in that town. There's they've made some drastic improvements to the town since since I've been mm-hmm. associated with it, and it's incredible. However, it hasn't really grown that much. Like it really hasn't like the amount but the, of but the, the infrastructure and stuff is better. The infrastructure is better for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, it hasn't really grown in population too much. What has happened is people have become displaced because it's a very expensive city to live in, okay. and it hasn't always been like that. Mm-hmm. It's become a true expensive bedroom community for Dayton and now for Cincinnati. 
Because Cincinnati, I-75 improvements and extra lanes and whatnot, it's not not quite an hour to Cincinnati. Right. And people commute an hour shit. An hour commute in L.A. is no big deal. Same thing goes for Phoenix. So, uh, but anyway, so it's nice to see those improvements. So I'm not one of those that's like, oh, I miss when this was this and this and this. No, not really. Don't care. I guess it was it, like that then for a reason, and now it's right. not like that also for a reason. It doesn't affect me. But I've moved around a lot more than probably the average person. You've moved around some and all that. So maybe if you're, maybe if Stockton, I remember when Stockton Hill Road was dirt road and all that. I get all that. And now it's kind of a mess thanks to a lot of goddamn fast food restaurants, in my opinion, that. Anyway, but they, they are they're making money. That's why they're there. Yeah. I, I get it. But um, people say you know the traffic is so bad on Stockton Road. Sometimes it is, but because I have a different perspective, also I've never been on Stockton Hill Road to where I think this traffic is terrible. It's driving me crazy. I can't get around because I came from Atlanta. Yeah. You know, so to, so that's not fair. I'm not. I, I haven't been here forever. So people will look at me and go, "Well, fuck you. You're a newcomer." And then about 14, 15 years. There's the people that go to Phoenix and complain about the traffic. I'm sorry, but Phoenix has traffic, but nothing like some of the traffic. Like, it, especially considering Phoenix is a very new. The Phoenix, Maricopa County is a very new cluster of cities. Yeah. Yes, there are old towns there, but as far as a metro area, it is very new. Mm-hmm. Las Vegas, same thing. People complain about traffic in Las Vegas. I've never spent that much time in Las in Las Vegas traffic. It's not that bad at all. The worst traffic I had in Las Vegas was a couple years ago. And when you remember when there was an officer that was killed on duty or something like that? That was that it was shot and killed. Yes, I, I got caught in that because they had to shut down all the traffic to have this formal ceremony because a cop got killed. Okay, right. I get it, but man, it was a mess. Yeah. You know? How they did and even that. so, it still was only a mess for what twenty minutes. It wasn't that. I can't remember how long if it was. That. It was. A little bit longer than that, we almost missed the appointment that we had. It was my flight physical thing, I think. Ah. I think. Or something like that. It yeah. was like a it wasn't I was gonna go shopping and really wanted to get there to buy it some. It was actual pants. set appointment. Yeah. yeah. It's like what the fuck? This is never traffic. But that's such time. a rare rare event. Right. So uh, the and yeah, but yeah, the people will always look for a reason to complain when their minds aren't otherwise occupied. And that's that's kind of how that works and that sucks. Right. And you said there were a couple of, at this one meeting and there were people that were Way behind the curve. They claimed. were behind the curve. They thought that that meeting was... Let's talk about the design. It was like, <laughs> let's talk about the design. Let's discuss this. Let's discuss that. No, the design is already done. It happened it, two just, fucking... They finalized it two years ago. Yeah. Or more. Yeah, and it was... Uh, oh, God, it was... For those of you that are fans of Parks and Recreation, it was like any city council meeting in all five seasons of that show. It was like... It was It was the the the... It was the uninformed and the out of touch, and it was really embarrassing because the to me it was embarrassing. I can't speak for because, because else. the contractor was there spending his time to answer all the construction questions and how they're going to manage the project. Right, and not just and then, that. Like you had the general contractor, you had the project manager for the 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 contractor, and then you had the engineer there. You had like some high level people there, but you know, as much as I was like I I was embarrassed for a little bit. And then I realized that eh, it's really not that big of a deal because those guys are probably used to it because they go into small towns yeah. and rip a bunch of old shit out, put a bunch of new shit in there that not everybody agrees with, but the majority of people will love. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have to deal with those people. Hell, they probably have classes like that in general contractor school. Right. They probably have, here's a, here's five of the top super negative questions you're going to get that this, are going to be aggressive. Yep. And they go, okay, here's how we're going to feel. Here's how these. we deal with it. Yeah. Like the one guy that asked the contractor, it's going to be three weeks to do concrete, concrete for two blocks. You do have more than one jackhammer, don't you? 
<laughs> like that's really disrespectful. Oh, it's so disrespectful and condescending. Do, I do you remember what the contractor said? How did he feel that question? He goes, actually, we have lots of lots of jackhammers, <laughs> and I have two. Da, 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 rattle off heavy equipment. Yeah. I don't know heavy equipment. Sure, stuff. I don't know that. So we rattle off that, and that can bust up about six feet an hour. Six feet by what do you say? Six feet by twenty-four. He did the math real quick in his head. He's like, I can bust it up about that much per hour, but we also have to by hand dig all of that up and dispose of it and we also don't know what kind of utilities are under there that aren't marked and all sorts of things so, so we're giving this much time so in case we, we yeah. we're we're giving that much time that's mm -hmm. not i'm saying it'll be done within that amount of time i'm not saying i'm taking that amount of time do you have any other questions all right go ahead jack go on and it was one of the i was like oh god yeah he handled him properly yeah he matched the guy's energy and his his aggression and then talked him down from there that's i learned that that's like uh, sales, uh, customer service and sales 101 at the phone company. Mm -hmm. Like that 100%, I learned how to do that. Match their tone and talk them down from there. Slowly lower your tone and it here, just works. Here's just kind of interesting to me though too. The companies that, like you work for like Blackbridge, let's say some other ones that we all know down downtown that are like, n let's say normal, whatever back of budget, normal like ongoing businesses that are food, bars, current kind of hip, Stores, stores, whatnot, that yeah. kind of stuff. They're all for this. Yes, hundred percent. So much so, they're ready for this. Like, fuck yeah, let's upgrade this. Let's get some more people down here and make some more sales afterwards. And it's the other businesses that are more on the going home side of the road. I like, like to say, <laughs> <laughs> yes, kind, right? Is that's that, the most southern way of saying it. Yeah, like the bless your heart, right? Yeah, kind of going thing. home side of the road. Because I guess they're probably a lot of them are retired also too, and that's part of their daily lives just to be. They want their they want to show up there at eight thirty in the morning with their cup of coffee every single day, not same parking space, same everything, and not be disturbed with any of this shit. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I guess I, I'm just kind of yeah, guessing. That I think that's the case. part of that attitude. Yeah. I guess I don't know any of the of the higher cash flow companies down there that are against this at all. No, not one. There isn't a single one. Yeah, so they have the potential of losing more money. Correct. In the short term. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, before we go to break. Yeah. You have an event coming up. We have an event. This town has an event coming up. We need to talk about so, it. So uh, July 15th, that's a Saturday. We have um, uh, Emily, excuse me, let's say Kat Kennedy and Emily Anderson. They're both from Los Angeles. Uh, Going to have a li live music event. And long-term listeners of this podcast will know, uh, will recognize that name, Kat Kennedy, because she uh, has been on the podcast twice now. I think it was yeah, twice. twice. She's been on here twice. I can't remember. I think we, she contacted you guys. She was driving through Kingman and reached out to Seller, not Seller Door, excuse me, to uh, Blackbridge. To Blackbridge to, to play. And then went, okay, cool. And she was here with her sister. She was moving. She was at that point moving, moving to LA, from Boston her, to L.A. Yeah, because her and she's Berkeley uh, uh, School of School Music, of music uh, graduate. In and, Boston area, people, not Berkeley, California. Yeah, right. So, yeah. Uh, so, uh, and, and just, so she's trained professionally, or I'm sorry, professionally trained, formally musician, trained musician, like formally trained musician. This is her a, a professional, life. Yeah, this is her entire life. Yeah, she's incredible. Great singer songwriter. Just put out an album last year. Yep. Just she's phenomenal. Had two or three and, at this point, and then Emily Anderson, her friend. Yeah. So, yeah. So we had this event is going on. Kingdom Main Street's kind of in, involved with it, but but since we knew them, I reached out to her and said, what's it going to take to get you here? And we came up with an idea, and it's going to be, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be Saturday, July 15th, 8 p.m. to 11, starting at Alpha 8 because it's a little bit darker. Then I thought it would be a little bit nicer. We're calling it an a, a, um, a, um, uh, an acoustic evening with Kat and Emily. 
um, or Kat Kennedy and Emily Anderson. Anderson, I think is the last name. God yes. almighty, thank you. Um, it should be wonderful. They're both very talented. They all do original. They probably do a couple covers too, but it's almost all original stuff. First grade original stuff, like stuff that you would. They're, they're on Spotify like everybody is too, but I think Kat's got several hundred thousand downloads now at least. Oh yeah, which is pretty good. Um, she's on. I, I would say that Kat Kennedy is on the on the cusp of breaking out and making it really big right she could it's it's a tough business as we know she's also she's an incredible performer when it comes to reading the crowd yep and i told her this the last time i saw her i said you know cat i i didn't realize it the first time around but this second time around you read the crowd like a dj reads a crowd yeah she's looking at people and and like body language and stuff she took that as such a point of pride like it's such a she's like i try my best to do that the only other person I've ever seen that did that is uh, 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 Richard Nile, the I Am Hologram. Yeah, because he he'll does. do the same thing. Oh, yeah. He's very, very. He shifts gears pretty quickly he, when he, he when he sees like that. The crowd demographic has changed over the last like yeah. hour. He'll just he'll, he'll just change, flip a switch, flip a switch, and change to different songs, yeah. or just ask for people to call stuff out. And she does the same thing. Uh, Lexi Liu, who's the the lady from Georgia but based out of Nashville, now mm-hmm. is performed at Blackfridge a couple times. She's yep. going to be back in August. Okay, cool. And she does the same thing. So that's a true talent. And you guys will love Kat Kennedy. And I've listened to Emily's stuff, and it's it's also equally as good. Um, so you do have to tell folks, though, that this is a this is a paid entry. These yes, are, it is. This is a, there's tickets that will go yes. on sale for and, this. And all the proceeds, like 100% of the ticket sales, will go to the Beale Street Theater, the renovation, yeah, which this, is everybody's going to love this project. So if you want to see some amazing talent and have your ticket, which is a 30 bucks. Um, or uh, fifty bucks for a, a couple. So thirty bucks, thirty bucks for a single person. Yes, fifty bucks for a couple. Which also includes a glass of wine, a char- charcuterie, a big nice plate, and uh, a dessert. Which Carmela doesn't know that yet. Because I need to talk to her about. That. She probably <laughs> talked to Carmela about that <laughs> from Sirens. Yeah. What wonderful dessert she always gets inspired. Carmela goes to Europe. Now about once a year it seems. Uh, right? she, I think she's going to go to Europe three times this year. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> and she gets it. She's a wonderful cook or you know, her store anyway, or Sirens Cafe. But she she loves to make desserts. She does. She makes wonderful desserts. So we're going to have her kick. I'll, I'll help her out with that too a little bit. But hopefully she'll kick that in, and part that's part of the enticement to come there for this evening. And we're doing some special things with the environment too. Their um, environment. This is going to be a classy joint. Folks. Yes, it like, is. You're going to want to like. You're going to want to get dressed up. This is going to be a nice evening yeah, to get dressed up. And it's going to be, it's possible we're going to sell a limited number of tickets. You know, right now there's 50 tickets on sale that haven't gone public yet. When it goes public, you want to pick them up, you know, because it's going to probably fill up. And it's going to be a nice, a really nice evening. First class talent, some nice food, glass of wine, dessert. And the atmosphere is going to be a little bit different in, in Cellar Door than it normally is. Across the board, it's going to be a first class event. It's going to be there great. And all the proceeds. Like all of the ticket sales, all of it, not just a portion. All like of the that ticket sales. thirty dollars will go to it goes straight the to the theater. the Beale the Beale Theater. Yep, uh, which is, I think, like seventy percent done. Yeah, at it's, this point, it's, it's going to be such a fantastic is, thing. I, I cannot wait. The, I I really hope it gets done and you know soon. Well, we we think the way the schedule is looking that the d- downtown improvement project and the theater are going to be opening up about the same time. Oh, that's perfect. That's going to be really incredible. Really incredible. I mean, da- it's going to be a huge change. I'll finally be able to realize my dream and do my uh, one-man stage show. Which includes? Uh, it's six hours of mostly uh, uh, frontal male nudity. Okay. Uh, scream therapy. Do you need a uh, someone in the background playing bagpipes? Uh, yes. Actually, I, I need to incorporate you on there. Um, Good. I also need a percussionist. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Someone banging like symbols between their knees, or yes, for example. Yes, be please. Good, yeah, good yeah. Point. And I will be I will be providing the beat mm-hmm. uh, by slapping my thighs <laughs> together. And by the way, you know, downtown will be more conducive to outdoor little events when they close down the like streets. Like my one-man stage like show. Joe, for example, like clapping. Joe's one-man <laughs> thigh-slapping fucking poetry reading, which we need, we need to talk about that some more, our poetry reading thing. We, we, <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> Chris, we're like every we like like three segments of our poetry reading, and at the beginning of each segment, it would be you and I opening up that segment with a short poem with bagpipes. For each little like, each little segment of the of the evening. Ode to little black curly hair on my toilet seat. Right. And then like, <laughs> No matter how much you practice it still, still sounds, sounds the, the same. The, the same. Huh. All right, hey, let's That's take it. a break. All right, we'll be back. not here yet be here tomorrow Uh-oh. i think oh no 50 it, pounds of beeswax 50 
Oh, I would ask you how much that costs, but that's none of my beeswax. Uh, <laughs> prepare see, for beeswax jokes. And then I also bought a bunch of wicks. Not wicks, but wick, wick material out of beeswax and proper twine. Yeah. Hemp twine, I think it's on. You're making some candles. Yeah, you want to know why? Yeah. Because I got online and this, I went down this fucking thing I never wanted to do. I couldn't find the right size and shape, in my opinion, to make candles for, by the way, part of the environment for the Cat Kennedy event on July 15th because I want to have some candles in that area looking correctly. And I already talked to the owners of the cellar door. We all know them. And they went, cool. So I went on there and learned how to make And Sarah has a big fucking melting pot for making candles and stuff too. And Sweet. She makes it, so we're going to start cranking out the size and shape of candles that I want. And I just got, it's not cheap, but if you buy in bulk, so, that's, <laughs> I just, so I'm buying beeswax Ashley goes, what? Is it, it in pellets? Yeah, small yeah, okay. pellets, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but it's like five, ten-pound bags <laughs> <laughs> of beeswax because that's also better for... Al- and by the way, it changes the ionization. I've read about this, too, and it also is not bad for any allergy. You know what I'm saying? People are with paraffin and other shit like that. Yeah, beeswax it, are the best candles correct. you can do that won't fuck you up. That's true. So and I'm going to be giving, hopefully, to come out well, and I'm just going to give them to the cellar door if they want to pull them out for special. Did you ever do the go to like a frontier town type thing when you were a kid, and they did the beeswax where you made your own hand dipped candles? No. Did you ever do that? That was no. I I feel like there's a whole bunch of those all over back east. I just assumed you grew up going to one of those. Like uh, Bruckner Nature Center is the name of the place that I first learned candle wax dipping. Yeah, and they have like the old. Like there's a, it's you know, kind of out in the sticks, so maybe eight to ten miles outside of Troy, Ohio, and it's you know a beautiful area. It's a nature preserve, mm-hmm. and there's an old log cabin from the I want to say the 1820s, 1830s that's mm-hmm. on the property, and uh, I and we looked up the name Bruckner because they had something to do with aviation early on, and I cannot. We for, you and me. You and I looked it up okay. one time, and I can't for the life of me remember what Bruckner did. But he had lots and lots and lots of money, like fuck you money for like the 1930s, 40s, and yeah. 50s. That'd be a great and time to have fuck you money in the 30s. No 20s evidence 30s. for anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I am not the son of a bootlegger. Yeah, and you, you can do stuff, all sorts of stuff. Have really cool houses built for fucking cheaper and that kind of shit. So now you've anyway made candles. I have a couple. Of cool, by the way, that was Ben Franklin's first job was candle making. Candle making. Yeah. I have made candles. A big, big candle. Small the dip candles, ones. Dip. No, no. Poured, dipped, molded. All okay, so we're, I'm going to be molding these mainly and kind of changing the shape in a little bit. But fuck. Uh, so I'm buying and making my own PVC cylinder. You know, pil- pillar candle molds. Stuff. Cool. Got to kind of ramp up pretty quickly and make yep. all this happen because the event. Anyway, I know that Ben Franklin's ones you normally see would be dipped. Yeah. Open up, right? They get, they get fatter yeah, and fatter and tapered. And, yeah. Until the tapered candles are, right? Okay. So you've made those type, right? Yeah. Okay. So how do they, this is a small technical question. So the twine has to be kept relatively straight. Is there like a little weight on the bottom of there when you first start dipping it? So it no, keep, you keep, the first few dips, you dip it in three or four times. To get it to have a to get it to have some well have some weight but also stiffness like rigidity and make sure it's straight. So do you kind of pull it to what it cools and you keep it straight? Is yep. that what you do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I've seen pictures of our drawings of Ben Franklin where they have you know twenty of them lined up and you dip it all down together. Correct. Yeah. So you kind of hand manipulate those as the first few dips. Yeah, the first few dips, and, and, and then once going. you have it, once you have where the wick is in there and there's enough wax on it, to, and it's not very much. It's only a few millimeters of, of wax because beeswax yeah. is pretty stiff. Yeah. Once it cools. Uh, and then that you just uh, the way I was taught was you just dip the bottom like half inch, okay, 
you know, 30, 40 get, times. Get a little weight on And then there. it gets like a counterweight on the bottom. Then you can just dip the whole thing. Okay. And then it just, and it stays pretty well straight. Um, but like molded candles, you know, the, 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 the best way to do them is to slowly, you, have to, you let them slowly cool down. Yeah. I know that much. It takes. It said you can and leave them a few hours or overnight was the best. Right. Kind of right. Exactly. Yeah. Like if we had, like if there were like a, a station or a network that were that was government owned and sponsored, where you could talk really softly about topics on there on the weekends, we could have like talk about candle making. Like, uh, can next up is candle making, but uh, <laughs> before that, we're going to be speaking to Pete Schwetty. Pete, and wait, wait, Pete Schwetty brought his sweaty balls. Hey, Pete, how are well, you? Or, or you could talk about how often do you have to dip your wick to how, make the... When you dip your wick, is it stiff to begin with or Why, does it, it get stiffer over you, time? Well, well you know, well, ladies, it, it gets rather engorged and rather stiff right. and it's really nice. It gets, some, it gets really weighty. It gets a little hefty when you, when you dip a little more. <laughs> they missed a whole thing on candle making with somebody. Maybe not Pete Schwetty, but they have a different name to come up with. <laughs> Dick Wick. Dick Wick. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, up next on Fresh Air with Terry Gross, Dick Wick and his... D- candle Dick, making. His candle making. And like, where would they make these? Like in uh, like uh, William, Williamsburg, Williamson, Williamson, what the fuck is it? Colonial Williamsburg. I'm sure they're making Not Williamsburg candle. and Brooklyn, which is full of hipsters and Starbucks <laughs> the, is now. They might make candles there. They, they, they make, probably do make their own, but they're all fair trade, organic, <laughs> grown candles. And smell like what's the fucking shit that Mike Hemmen hates? <laughs> patchouli <laughs> patchouli candles <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because he's not the only one and it cracks me up oh it's kind of tough patchouli can, can be kind of tough to smell so i love it but it can you can definitely go overboard yeah like anything all right okay. so there's that all right so i have something a little not a little a lot serious i want to talk about that is historically relevant and will be very incredibly relevant next week for the city uh, of kingman the 50th anniversary of a major major industrial event that killed quite a few people in the kingman area uh, is coming up July fifth, uh, mm-hmm. in uh, is the fiftieth anniversary of the Doxall Blevy explosion. If you're not familiar with a Blevy, it's an acronym. It's a boiling liquid expanding vapor explosion. And Doxall was the company. Doxall was the company. That was a propane company. Uh, yes. Or a shipping company. I, I believe. I, I I think I, they're a chemical company. I believe this was propane. Okay. I think it was propane. So. Uh, very well known throughout the country, kind of accident internationally. Actually, it made it into it, to to the, to the, the this explosion changed a lot of rules on in firefighting and especially industrial firefighting uh, because of not having adequate safety procedures because uh, that explosion was completely preventable. Now I won't get into the details of it. That's already that you can find with, all that stuff out. Valves not, and way things break and that kind it was, of stuff. It was. It was. It was. Honestly, it was just a. Uh, it was someone trying to shut the valve on something. And when, when you when when you are releasing a gas or excuse me a liquid that turns into gas from it's from you know liquid like imagine a very large propane tank. Right. It's liquid inside there. Yes, it is. It becomes gas. When it goes comes out and and, and under and you you relieve the pressure essentially. Yep. It's a lot of pressure to condense it into a liquid. Into a liquid, correct. Yep. So and any gas you can do that. It just takes a certain amount of pressure or uh well just pressure. Yeah. So um, Go ahead. or temperature. That's another one. You another way you can do it. Like I've seen li- he- helium liquefied before in, uh, with liquid nitrogen. I don't know if you ever cool, seen that cooling it down yeah. in a balloon where you take you put helium gas into a balloon mm-hmm. and then you essentially pour liquid nitrogen over that balloon. It makes the balloon solid. It shrinks by 
thirty percent, forty percent, and then there's a pool of liquid under it, and that's that's helium. that's helium. That's how you put uh, propane, you know, uh, liquefied natural gas, and you put that into a tank. A, a, into a tank. Well, that tank started to and leak. now it's under pressure, so that it stays un- under. It's, it stays under pressure yep. in that tank, and these are the giant rail cars that you see, the big rounded ones that look like long barrels. Yep. So one of those was in the Kingman area. This Kingman was a very different environment back then because this is 1973 we're talking about, a long time mm-hmm. ago. Um, Before the BGs got really popular. You, right. S- what? <laughs> I just thought I'd pull it out of my Yeah. Anus. No one in Kingman gave a shit about, about the, the BGs. B- in fact, most people in Kingman still don't give a shit about the That's, B-52s. The BGs the, or the B-52s? I, I, the the I thought the you B- said the B-52s. No, and the I'm BGs. Like, Oh my God! The BGS had hits back to the late '60s. They so did. You, yeah, they they did. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, this is a serious topic. Yeah, I'm sorry. Come on, Jesus. So sorry. So uh, the essentially what ended up happening through a failure of procedure and 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 not even not failure of procedure, just a lack of proper procedure and bad hardware design. For that this, gas know. started to escape out of a faulty. I think it was I think it was a faulty valve, but there was a failsafe where you could fix that valve, and it was stuck open. And uh, someone decided to bang on it with a tool. Oh, great! That's uh, how. It which happened. is the, the this is by all accounts what happened, and this has been relayed to me by people with fire investigation backgrounds. So, so I know t- what I know is accurate. To back up a a tiny bit, so in hindsight, for this one little detail you just talked about, it would have been better just to let the fucking propane have at it, just le- leak out and don't bang on it with a yes. tool. Yes, yes, because just there's let it so much pressure coming out of it yeah that you were basically you're gonna lose you know several thousand dollars worth of product but you're not gonna blow up something right um and the spark from that not to mention the fact that the valve completely busted made turn all that stuff into boiling liquid expanding vapor oh which, wait a minute so he he uh the spark happened but oh, did the spark cause the explosion caused an ex- and then, caused and then, the then fire the, then the valve burst off the end of it the, and then and then the rapid escaping the the, the escape of the of the of the liquid propane changing phase from liquid propane yeah. compressed liquid propane into a gas gas created more heat yeah and then eventually there was failure of the entire tank and the explosion was so big that uh there was stuff found over a half a mile away there was wow. there was there was a uh, uh, remnants of the tank which i believe the mojave uh, museum downtown has a chunk of they okay. they used to. I don't know if they still do. I assume they still do. Killed about twenty people. Uh, I believe. There? Uh, I think it was fourteen total. Okay. Uh, let's see. Fire department was in process of setting up a deluge gun to cool the car down, which would have delivered far more water than the booster attack lines they were initially using, which is the mm-hmm. the from like the a booster like from a, a uh, from a fire truck. Uh, almost instantaneously, th- instantaneously, thousands of gallons of boiling liquid propane flashed to gas with the drop in pressure and simultaneously ignited. The resulting explosion produced a shockwave that was heard and felt for over five miles, a fireball over a thousand feet in diameter. I would uh, say it was a lot more than five miles. Five miles was how like the shockwave was the oh. shockwave was felt. Okay. Burning propane rained down on everything in the vicinity, and the remnants of the rail car propelled over a quarter mile from the explosion site. Three firefighters closest to the explosion were killed instantly. Eight more died from burns shortly thereafter. Which is unbelievably terrible way to fucking die. It's uh, all of it. Um, as a side note, th- just so everybody knows that, uh, well, I've got a couple side notes that, that make this significant. First, 
Kingman only had volunteer <clears throat> firefighters okay. at the time. It was a small enough town that they just had volunteer firefighters. Which, by the way, 1973, the, I was in Bedford, Texas, and that little town was also only volunteer. Only volunteer, fire. Yeah. right. So, um, which is also, and, and the principal of the high school at the time, Lee Williams, mm-hmm. was the fire chief. He was also the fire chief. Mm-hmm. He was he was one of the people that were killed, which is why Lee Williams High School in downtown Kingman, Arizona, is go. named as such, and also why their mascot is the Volunteers. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, the incident was the worst firefighter tragedy in Arizona until 2013, when the Granite Mountain Hotshots firefighters were killed oh, in the, the Yarnell yeah. Hill fire, which we all remember that. Yeah. Um. There's actually documented video evidence of the fireball and the explosion. Oh, I think I've seen. It's probably you can, it's, on YouTube, I would imagine. It, yeah, definitely. Um, it looked like a little nuclear that's, thing. That's why Firefighter Memorial Park, was. It was. that's why it was named that. It used to be called Waiamanua Park. Some of the old school Caymanites will remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where we played disc golf before. And yeah. now there's a beautiful memorial there to those firefighters. But it's one of those things we just need to remember. Like July 4th is a big deal, but July 5th in this town... Is as a is it should be considered an even bigger deal, I would say, in in some circles, because there's multiple, and this is something I I knew in the back of my mind, but for some reason I'd forgotten about it until I I met a gentleman last Saturday at a little at a cookout who worked for Kingman Fire Department for forty years mm-hmm. and had just recently retired, and his father joined the fire department. They had over a thousand applicants to join the fire department after that explosion happened wow and that's why kingman volunteer fire volu- department. well they they went away they went away from the volunteer thing oh. very shortly within a couple of years okay. they, they became full-fledged you know funded and whatnot so um and like full-time firefighters and he told me this guy was telling me he said I, I i'm old enough to remember it but i wasn't old enough to really really be like i was around all that but my dad was one of those people my dad was working at a factory and decided he didn't want to do factory work. So when they did the put out the call to firefighters, he was one of those he applicants. Applied, and yeah. he was ex-military, always kept in good shape. So he was one of the first people snagged up. Uh, and I knew that – I've forgotten about this. There's like – I want to say out of the, the firefighters that were killed, I think four or five of them, their, like, grandkids are still firefighters. Like, their, their, their sons join – join the fire department wow. and then their then their sons did it and are still going strong and there's multiple last names out there that I'm like oh shit that's right there so were, so that that, that had a, that's had a lasting effect very lasting community. effect and then on yeah. top of that uh and I knew I knew in the back of my mind that it, I knew that there was there were there was how you deal with a compressed gas um industrial fires that prior to that there was one way to do it, and then after that they completely re- threw out the book and rewrote it, the procedures. So, so I knew it was that big of a deal. But I didn't realize it was that big of a deal until my brother, oh yeah, uh, became decided to become a firefighter. He's in fire school and is going through his industrial, you know, the chat, the, the the units on on industrial fires. Right. And he called and me. And goes, did, is in did there, you yeah. know that Kingman, Arizona, has we have an entire chapter devoted to Kingman? And the mistakes that were made, and, and this and that and the other, and how like they it set it set a precedence. So I didn't know. I knew that they made a bunch of changes nationally, but he said, "No, no, this is not national. This is international." But there's, didn't know it was like in the big training been, manuals and it's, stuff. Yeah, yeah, I had no idea that it was a thing. And then my brother ended up doing a, a essentially like a report on the, the Kingman's uh, you know Blevy explosion, and um, I had no idea it was that big of a deal. We talked to you know I talked to our mutual friend Mac Nelson about uh-huh. it years ago, and he said, "Oh yeah, oh it's." <clears throat> 
He said, and, and, he, and he said, your brother's right. Uh, that, that book has probably been translated into Russian, and they use that there, that procedure there, because it, it's how you keep people from getting fucking killed. So I have a question which probably is not answerable. Um, do you think that if at that time they had a firefighting, normal paid firefighting, not volunteer firefighting, that it, it wouldn't have, like, like they had been more known what they were doing? No. No, because they, they went based off of the procedures that they had before. They completely rewrote what how you're supposed to deal with those kinds of. Well, I'm saying this, that. but this may. I'm just saying full fledged, full time, paid firefighters were doing the same procedure that Kingman Fire Department was doing. Yeah, but this they didn't. The failure was the lack of procedure or poor procedure. It wasn't on on knowledge. They were going based off the knowledge that they knew. But the part that was probably that got it really going was beating on with a hammer. Yeah, or, that was no firefighter. But maybe the firefighter would have. If it was paid, like normally he would said, we're not beating on it with a hammer. Oh no, that was before the fire department got there. Correct. Yeah. Well, that was. You mean, That's when all, they. When well, they that sh- was just a dude. That was just a dude. <laughs> he started the fire. Yeah. He could have. What if it's traced back to that one guy? And I, I don't want to call the guy out. He sure. didn't know. He didn't fucking know what he was doing. No. But it was the, the there was no fire. Yeah. Until he did that, and that it caused it sparked sparked the fire. So. It's a, it's a Wait, fucking. But, but then you have to kind of one. I'm, not, I'm just thinking, when the fire department showed, let's say there wasn't a fire, but it was just spewing out fucking propane. Yeah, they would have, could have just let it go. They might have just the fire meme went to this. Fuck it, we're just letting this thing go. 100. percent Kind of like what you have to do with a, like an a, a electric car fire, like a car battery fire. Yeah. You have to let it just let it burn. Yeah. It's toxic as fuck, but putting water on it, it's not going to do anything. In fact, it'll aerosol aerosolize a lot of nasty shit and make yeah. it worse. So yeah, it's a. What, what I think there were changes in the valve designs too, or something like that. I think well. you, I think you might be right on that. I'm, I'm sure. In addition With, to procedures, but they also changed some hardware, so right. it would probably open and close easier. Fuck, I don't know. Yeah, who, who knows? But yeah, that that was a big, a big thing for this town. I was oh, and I read some things that people were being bothered by. It. I, this cannot be true that some people are going on social media now being upset because they haven't heard anything special coming up, no planned, and I, this fire department's not going to do any. You know, but people like to complain. There's no way that's not going to be recognized on the 50th anniversary. It's absolutely going to be recognized. I, I'm surprised that people say that. If I see it again, I will you, screenshot it and show you. Please, yeah, because I know that they're going to be doing. They do something every year at Firefighter and, Memorial and Park, and it's going to be but, a 50th. So, and I remember that. going to the one that they did for the 40th, which was a big hoopla and a big right. not a hoopla. It's not like they're fucking throwing around pinatas and shit, but it's <laughs> but it's a, you know it's a somber occasion. It's sure. recognized. It's you know, there's those people. They recognize in a, in a in a proper a proper way. There, it's possible. It's very possible that some of the firefighters who died, and and it wasn't just firefighters. There were some bystanders or people that worked in that area. You know that that also died because I think it was. I think the tr- the the, uh, the death toll was like eighteen or nineteen. After and it was time eleven were... firefighters or thirteen firefighters, something like that. Uh, eight and three. Yeah, no, it was eleven firefighters because of the eleven volunteers. Eleven. Yeah, that's so. Anyway. And uh, this happened. See, I thought it was somewhere around here at that time. No, no, no. It, it was, was. It was closer in the town. Do you know about where it was? To, closer to about where Airway. Uh, um, I want to say it's south of forty. It would have been south of forty, I think. Someone, God, someone, someone told me it was near where Martin Swanee yes, de- dealership yes, is yes, now. Yes, yes, that area. Somewhere in that area. Yes, okay. correct. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, yeah, that if you're a Kingman local, just uh, be mindful of that. That's a big thing. And there's, I know there's people that listen to this podcast. Actually, shout out to two new listeners that I 
one guy I've met before, you know, Robert, he's a good dude, and, and da, 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 we got we kind of bonded over the fact that we both did acapella stuff, and he's a big barbershop quartet guy and whatnot, and then, so like, the my guys... grandfather. Really? Yeah. That's cool. He was pretty good at it, too. Right on. What the fuck happened to my voice? I don't know. Fucking no one knows. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. So, uh, maybe it skips a generation? Uh, skips I two generations? I think it's, that's how that works. Yeah, that's how yeah. that works. Uh, and then, uh, uh, Doug, another really interesting guy who... Just had a fantastic conversation with him at Blackbridge the other night, and they, I mentioned he, he said so one of the best compliments I've ever ever received. He goes, "Man, you have a, you have like a, a really good radio voice. Mm-hmm. They have a great timbre to it, like it's just full and everything." I was like, "Thanks, man, I appreciate it." He goes, "I I I assume you've been told that before." I said, "Yeah, I used to work customer service over the phone, and I had people tell me that and whatnot, and I you know whatever." And he goes, well, "You have to understand, I've done voiceover work like as a living." Mm. and produce that stuff like I did and we so we started to talk about microphones and then all that and he's like there's money to be made in that and because voiceover work is so much more versatile than like what he did was a lot of jingles oh, commercial jingles interesting. but anyway I don't want to get off topic shout out to those guys but it, but but anyway new people that came in might not know that that's that that big of a deal it's a it's a tragedy for sure yeah, so, families so, families were destroyed that day and and, and the town was never the same so, generationally it was never the same However, some good probably came out of it. I'm sure there have been lives that have been saved. It's like because most of that procedure every, changed. Most every tragedy, you know, if people are paying attention, of course things do. That's why it's, for the most part, in a large part, safer now in general. I mean, right. fucking flying after all these tragedies, they figured shit out. Yeah, absolutely. and that kind of stuff too. So yeah, something good came out of it. But it's a big deal for this community because it was a it was a big damn deal. And so it's a week from today. Um, which is, you know, today is uh, Wednesday, or will be. It's actually Tuesday, but drops Wednesday the 28th. Uh, it's next Wednesday, uh, yeah. July 5th. July 5th, yeah. Is the anniversary, so. Um, and I would, I know that they're going to do something over at Firefighter Memorial Park. If y'all don't know where that is, yeah. it's off of, uh, what's the street that comes off of? Detroit. Detroit, okay. Yeah. Detroit and Maine. Uh, right. Next to uh, the Kingman Middle School. Right, which is it's the, very easy to Google Firefighter Memorial Park. Right. There's only one and in the, the entire area. Turn off right there. There's a Circle K at that intersection, I believe, or that uh, light. Yeah. I think it's a Circle K right there. So. And go over to that park anyway. It's a nice park. It is nice. So and they've done some new things to it. That, that's some yeah. new improvements. So. Anyway, so um, yeah, so and I kind of I have personal you know connection with firefighters because of my 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 grand or my, excuse me my well my grandfather was a uh, both grandfathers of mine were uh, volunteer firefighters. But my brother, my little brother, my youngest brother, is mm-hmm. a firefighter and uh, one of the bravest people I've ever met in my entire life. Because that's a job that is really takes a lot. It takes it takes a, a, a just a lot of mental fortitude and a lot of guts and uh, a lot of balls to do it. And you know, physical endurance, it's, all of it's, it, everything. And you put yeah. yourself at heavy risk, collapsing buildings, and God. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Yeah, there's a reason why. Like, they're, they're, when I look at first responders, when I first think about first responders, and I've worked around them for so long, working in the ER and this and that or whatever. Those guys are the ones that are really going into it. Every call, if you get a call to a fire, there's a chance that you're not going to walk out of it alive. Right. Fortunately, overall, police are, officers feel the same way. I'm sure, yeah, but right. it depends on where you work as a police officer, and right. and it and it. You, there's always the chance is never zero as a police officer that you you wake up in the morning go into shift and get it put that uniform on the the chance is never zero that you're going to die right but the chances are far greater if you're a firefighter and well, I, I, it's not like I have more respect for one than the other but I I just like I said it's way more personal for me the only good part about that is that there are 
so many fewer fires now than there were, were yeah. forever. Yeah. You know, so that's one reason that uh, Ben Franklin, speaking of him again, you know, had the uh, lightning rod. Yes. And gave that the, those ideas. He said, fuck it, I'm not going to patent this. In fact, we'll just make them and everybody should have one. It's going to save lives and property. Yeah. yeah. It, it, speaking of volunteer fire, that's what it was. When the house was burning down due to lighting, everybody, the whole goddamn town had to wake up. And do gra- bu- grab a bucket, bucket brigade. And here we yeah. go. And he's he probably, probably it was all had to do with women because Ben Franklin liked the ladies. So he's probably <laughs> got tired of getting disturbed <laughs> in the middle of the night when he was, you know, having his fun times. Fine. And he, I, really, another fire. God damn it! And they're like, "Oh, it was Ben Franklin's candles that fell over." And like, because <laughs> he was, you know, causing a little ruckus. Yeah, he was causing a ruckus. Um. So yeah, we, we, should we try speaking of firemen? Uh, if you were to toss a kitten in a tree, could could did that work? Can you get the firemen to come out? I think they still do that. I think they do, just because it's. Kind I of wouldn't a, call nine one one. I would call the fire station right. and be like, "Hey, hey do you guys want to do the stereotypical firefighter thing instead of just administering Narcan to they, people?" Yeah, they might go. Cool, we haven't done that in a while. It'd be yeah. kind of great. Well, uh, one thing that uh, Mac told me years ago when I told him that I said I couldn't find anybody who had a tall enough ladder to change my. Remember when my smoke detector, it was so high up, I was standing on my counter on a crate and in my the house on Wallach Ranch because the ceilings were so high no. that I couldn't, it was kept beeping and I could not find, I put it out to APB on Facebook and amazingly enough, before I could even really read any sort of comments, I got a phone call from Charlie going, hey, we're right around the corner, we have a 20 foot mm-hmm. ladder and it, because you had to straddle the, it had to be tall enough to straddle the countertop oh, yeah, to yeah. get up high and the cool thing is, while they were there, like they one also... One of those ladders over there. One, one of the, those, one those ones that... Like, over there, I'm sorry, you can barely see it over there. Oh, no, no, I mean like a 20-foot ladder. Right. But it always oh, was, oh, was an actual, not, not was, one of the... Whatever, got it. It was an A-frame ladder that was 20 feet tall. Sure. Yeah. Tall motherfucker. <clears throat> and they... Uh, came in and did They it. came in and took care of it, and then Mac texted me and said, Hey, man, just so you know, that's a free service that the fire department does. If you need to... You know, change a smoke detector, and you don't have the ladder to get to it or anything like that. We'll we'll take care of it, and we'll d- inspect the rest of them too. I'm like, oh shit, that's cool. I have my buddies come over, and they they were literally on a job site. Stopped what they were doing for lunch, came over, so I made them some sandwiches. Dude, the last house I lived in uh, on uh, whatever ranch road up there. Where the fuck was I over there? Ah, ranch of Santa Fe. Thank you. Um, it, it, a battery was low or whatever, and you know it started beeping, and there was a handful of them in the house. Yeah, so I started swapping. I changed every fucking battery. It still would be, but I couldn't reset it. You have to change. I learned this. They're all dialed in differently now or something. You have to go to your, there's a main one Mm -hmm. and it's usually in the master bedroom. Okay. So you'll go in and replace all the batteries and all of them. And then you go into the main one, the, 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 usually the master one, right? Mm And they're all wired together. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you hold down that button until it the beeping stops. Until it and shuts it, it, the fuck up. It shuts the fuck up, and that yeah. sends a signal to the rest of them that all the batteries have been changed. Okay. I learned that the hard way. Same yeah, way. Because you, it, you, you, now it's now 3 in the morning and going, motherfucker. And for me, it was usually 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm trying to sleep because yeah. I, I work nights. So what you're it, saying is the fire department will come out and bring batteries. I think they do that, I think, actually. I think, I think, I think they, they probably I think will. Right. They would the, rather do that than... Drag dead people out of a house. Absolutely, that the hundred percent they would rather do that, or you know, or go on an unnecessary house fire call that could have been so preventable by ten minutes of them showing up. Right. Plus, it looks good in the community. And by the way, speaking of fires, and now we're talking about the docs all thing and firemen and all. Since we're doing this public service announcement, whether you're fire detectors, everybody should have some kind of semi-substantial fire extinguisher in your house. Yes, not just you. You know, fire uh, smoke alarms are great, but if you had a fire that was not that big, if you had an actual semi-real extinguisher, yeah. 
you could fucking stop it. That's it. Yeah, and know how to use it. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. So I remember these are about to get swapped out in this facility here, and I'm just going to keep another, you know, one or two of them just to have them in someplace else. If you want a larger one, you can have it too or whatever. You probably have something in your house right now. I have a smaller one. Oh, no, I do. I have one in my garage, actually. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't hurt to have one in your house also. Yeah, it's uh, actually Alton Brown says that's the only unitasker in his kitchen is a everything else has some sort of multi-purpose. Right. Except for a fire extinguisher. Yeah. And then I remember him doing an episode. He goes, well, looks like I can do two different things with this because he, <laughs> he was like a, pounding tenderizes meat with it or something. No, he was he was rolling out dough with it like a <laughs> like a giant rolling pin. And it was it was more like a hokey jokey thing. But it was like, oh. That'll work. He's like, you could use a champagne bottle, but I prefer to use the, the fire, fire extinguisher. Fire extinguisher. That's hilarious. All right, we tell the good people about one. Should we tell them what we're doing on Friday, probably? You and I, we talked about this? No? You want to take. Oh. Yeah. Fucking Indiana, it. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Is that the day out, it drops? Is Friday? Yeah, yeah. And then you said, June hey, 30th. by the way, what else is playing? You said there's. It could another. go Thursday night. We they, There's actually an early showing down in, in Havasu I, that I saw. Okay. Uh, and it, it the. I look, man. I've seen everything after. Like, for, I saw Last Crusade at eight years old. Right. I saw that in the theater, and I that's one of that's, which apparently is not the Last Crusade. Yeah. Right. That is. <laughs> that's not what it's about. I know. God damn it. I know. The Last Crusade is to go and find the Holy Grail. God damn it. I know it. because and that, that was the, that last wasn't, wasn't the last movie either. Anyway, because it wasn't had another, like Butch and Sundance. What was the other fucking one I had of that, which wasn't as good? Okay, I was getting to that. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull that came out one. in two thousand eight, and it was not great. N- I was gonna say I watched it once, and I've had enough. I watched. Okay, so I've watched all of them in the past two days. Okay, to get primed, right? Just to get primed, because I love Indiana Jones, and mm-hmm. I get real deep into it, like way too deep. Like, I remember watching uh, the uh, the very beginning of uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, mm-hmm. and Indiana Jones gets into, you know, he escapes from the Russians and runs into the town that's a fake town, yes. and it was built for, like, the nuclear explosion testing, the nuclear testing, mm-hmm. right? And he's in this house, and there's all these plastic people, and then he hears the siren go off that they're about ready to detonate a nuclear bomb. And he gets into a refrigerator, yanks out all the shit in there, and then the the, the camera kind of pans in and says, lead-lined, and he shuts the door behind him. Wow. I knew, I'm in the theater. I was like, oh, my God. That's a reference to the original idea for Back to the Future. The original <clears> idea <throat> for the time machine in Back to the Future was a refrigerator time machine. Because it know could that. blend in, yeah, and the the whole reason it was and it was Steven Spielberg came up with that idea, and then Robert Zemeckis, the director, vetoed it. He's like, no, because here's what'll happen: kids are going to see that and they're going to want to oh, get in the refrigerator, yeah. and that's not a good idea. Right. So they shit canned that. But and then the other part of it was that okay, so then they're like, all right, how do we get so much a ton of power generated to send this DeLorean back in time and like it's a nuclear explosion like, that doesn't make any fucking sense that wasn't one of the ideas right so, so those two ideas combined together made it into uh 30 years later into a uh um 30 years later yeah 30 years DeLorean later DeLorean lightning strike into the DeLorean yeah. lightning strike oh, oh my god into the king the king with crystal skull but it otherwise I watched it this afternoon it's really it's not a bad movie but it's it, it, if it were not an Indiana Jones movie. Oh, the it first would be one was fan. Fine. I remember the uh, when it came out with such it, with such fanfare. The, fir- Ra- the Raiders of the one. Lost Ark. Yeah. Oh man, I, I took I took Paula Almond, my 
yeah. f- first sexual partner, whatever, if you don't count the time I was molested. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Trauma time with Paul Gates. <laughs> Up next on Fresh Air. Anyway, I remember I remember walking into the theater after we had our tickets and then walking into the doors where it says, you know, the little marquee right above the doors where you go into the actual theater mm-hmm. where it says, yeah. Rare Lost Star. I said, about to see the best movie of the year or the best movie, whatever. And it was, it was fan-fucking-tastic. Oh, I, well, yeah. When it came out especially, it was like, this is the fucking greatest thing ever. You know, it, and I just, because I do this, because I, I I know, and I know other people do this too, and when I meet somebody else who like that out in the wild, I'm like, we're weird in the same way. I can usually be friends with that person. Mm-hmm. Is whenever I watch a movie, I read through the trivia on IMDb. Oh, yeah. Every fucking time. Yeah. And I for some reason, I had never read through the little tidbits of trivia on Right. And, 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 well, on any of them. Okay. For some reason, I like none of the stuff I remembered. So much data to the point where those movies aren't short. No. And I couldn't read all of the trivia items on those each page for one in the time it took me to watch the movie because mm-hmm. I've seen the movie those movies hundreds of times. It, yes. I, they're it just they're just embedded in in my DNA. And then, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark has a tie to Troy, Ohio, because it has a Waco biplane, the uh, seaplane yeah. that uh, pulls him out of the jungle in Peru. With a snake. Yeah, with a snake. That's my pet snake, snake Jacques. Uh, that's, a sh- that's my pet snake, Reggie. Snake Grow Jacques. a backbone. I hate him. Yeah, grow a backbone, will you? Like, yeah, so <laughs> anyway, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, a little tidbit of, of, of information here. Raiders of the Lost Ark was the highest grossing movie of 1981 by, like, a factor of three. It yeah. made three times more money than the next one below it. Right. And then you know what Spielberg did the next year? E.T. Oh, okay. I had to Jesus think, Jesus yeah. Christ. And then George Lucas, because, you know, George Lucas and, uh, and, and, and Steven Spielberg worked very closely on, mm-hmm. on, on those movies. And Lucas helped out with the storyline and this and that and the other and mm-hmm. Industrial Light Magic and all that shit. But... Uh, yeah, that it, I, I read that I was like, holy shit! Like they made a shitload of money. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, so flash forward, Last Crusade. I saw that in the theater. Then when when King of the Crystal Skull came out, I went there opening night, and uh, I didn't see Raiders uh, because I was like six months old when yeah. it came out or something like that. Because I think it was like a fall release mm-hmm. in '81. And then, you know, it's the King with Crystal Skull. And now this one is going to be the last one because fucking Harrison Ford, he's in great shape. Is he like almost he's 80? 80. Yeah, I think 80? he's 79 or 80, something like that. And they look like they did a pretty good job disguising him not being quite as old as he is in this movie. Well, they, they well, part of it is, is some flashback from what I understand. There's very little info on this movie, which is hard to do in this day and age. Is there Lots a basic of, story plot that you know about? Not really. Because so they, they're keeping it quiet? Very much so. Are they really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know that story John... plot. I know okay. Sala is in the movie because John Rhys-Davies has, okay. got, has got some top billing. Cool. Um, and uh, so it, it, I'm really excited to see it. And it looks... The trailer looks good. Visually, it looks better than what we saw, you know, 14 years ago or whatever. Yeah. Oh, my God. No. Longer ago than that. Hold on. 15 years. 15 years ago was the last one came out. That's an incredible gap. Oh, it's huge. But 89 to 2008 is also a pretty big fucking gap, too. I think he also wants to make sure he's doing his best to make sure this is the last it, like no one else can play him in the future Correct. after he's dead. Yeah. Kind of and it's had setbacks. You know, Harrison Ford like had a, a severe ankle break. Like It was his ankle bone, several bones in his foot, and his tibia. During the filming? During filming, yeah. Oh, and that shit. set shit back like six months. And then wow. COVID happened. This is one of those things like... Uh, uh, 
Maverick. Tom Cruise Maverick. Yeah, like it just setback after setback after setback. And but anyway, but so the movie's made like a billion, literally a billion dollars probably now. The new Top Gun. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's it's on its way to make two. I think. Oh my god. Okay. Um. So yeah. Uh. But the other movie, I I'm telling you. Oh, yeah, so this, yeah, Joe and I are going to go down there. We think either Thursday or Friday, one of the two days, and watch the new Raiders movie. Whatever yeah, it is the Indiana uh, Jones movie. Indiana Jones, not Raiders. And, and then, uh, and I really want to see the gen- new Jennifer Lawrence movie called uh, "Was It No Hard Feelings?" Because who doesn't want to see Jennifer Lawrence anyway? Who does not she's, not want to? She's such yeah. a fantastic actress. Like I, I've never seen a movie she was in where I didn't walk away going, "God damn, she is fucking talented." Yep. And I love the fact she's a total fucking hillbilly from Kentucky. Yeah, she is. which she hides very well. Mm-hmm. She was on. Have you ever watched the show Hot uh, Hot Ones? No. Were this really? No. You got the guy who's interviewing the person who's doesn't like matter eating, how we explain it. Wings. I have no idea. So okay, so the hot. Oh, I, kn- I heard she did have some hot chicken wings. That's the show Hot Ones. Hot Ones, yeah. It's like okay. ninth season or something. I've like heard that. about it though. Yeah, it's a great show. Hilarious concept for uh, an interview, but the guy really is a good interviewer. Mm-hmm. And then you have put them under stress by eating. Wings that get progressively hotter and hotter and hotter. Hey, quick question. Is this guy just a guy that came up with this concept and yes. it's finally gotten popular now he has this YouTube gotten, channel? got popular about YouTube channel, eight years ago. YouTube channel or beyond? Yes, it's on Hulu. Hulu now. Yeah, it starts it. On, on YouTube and then makes it over to Hulu. And he's gotten popular enough to where he does it with like Jennifer Lawrence and things like that. Yes. Not does it, but eats, has her. <laughs> do you like to do it with Jennifer <laughs> Lawrence? But no, he's had really, really big names on there that's really cool yeah so she's on there too so she's on there last week yeah okay promoting your movie and all that and i gotta check it out the funny thing is is like you know most people who have like grew up with like some sort of an accent Mm -hmm. it doesn't really go away you just kind of learn how to get rid of it suppress it you suppress it stuff it down never let it come out exactly ball it up (laughs) push it down inside and let it (laughs) and then let it come out on the people that love you uh, anyway, you know, she she suppresses that. I, I didn't realize this, but it's not like she went through vocal coaching or anything like that. When w- most people, when they have a suppressed accent, mm-hmm. it will come out in times of like distress, especially oh, sure. emotional dispre- distress, get really angry, really sad. I've heard that from people before, uh, and with her, it came out. God damn, y'all, that's some fucking hot shit. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I knew she had a foul mouth because she's said oh, yeah. things like in the press and media and whatnot. But she also kind of looks that way. She can dress up and look nice, but she looks like just a little bit. She can be a trailer trashy kind of. hundred percent. hundred percent. Right. And uh, but anyway, this movie, it's like people are calling it like the return to raunchy offensive comedies. Nice. And I'm, I can't. Fucking I hope wait. it really is. Because the last really good one of those that I can really remember is super bad, and that was like 2008 or 2009. And you said you saw a scene in one of the previews where you couldn't, you laughed so fucking I, hard. I started to tell you about it, and then I kind of backed off, and we started talking about something else. And I, I'm like, I, it's it involves nudity and fighting while naked and hilarious shit. Mm-hmm. Like, how often do you see a woman get mad at another woman and kick her in the vagina? That doesn't fucking happen very often. That's what happens oh, in this scene. This. And I'm dying laughing. And then Jennifer Lawrence gets punched in the box, and it's just so fucking funny. <laughs> in the box. In the box. And it's like the, the and there's just so many little, like, a, there's like four trailers out. One of them is a red band trailer that is like cussing and nudity and whatnot. And I, I fucking lost it. I'm like, this is going to be the funniest movie of the year, and I have to go and see it. 
I think the Swillers, when they do this Christmas, when they do Dick in the Box, they should change one of the lines and just do Kick in the Box. Kicks in the Box, and then all the chicks just start kicking each other in the box. That's probably a terrible idea. <laughs> just bedlam. Can we do that at a different place other than Blackbridge? <laughs> I don't want to see Matt. Kick in the Box. I don't want to see a whole bunch of women fighting. I really just don't. Okay. I, 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 yeah, I can't, I can't. I don't know if I could deal with that. I'm not saying it's a good idea. It's just an idea. Like, like democracy and, you know. Curing, not, curing polio. It's just an idea. It's not a good idea. It's just a concept I'd kind of like to see fleshed out for my own a, weird kinks. You do a storyboard on it and see how it, I wanna how s- it goes. I want to storyboard it out. Just choke me while you're drawing it, Joe, and it'll be fine. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Jesus. Are we done? I think we're done. I remember uh, you ju- ended it with that. Segment. July 15th, Cat Kennedy. And Emily Anderson at the cellar door. Y'all, yeah, y'all watch for the tickets for sale. They're coming up. Look on social media. You'll see it everywhere. We'll figure it out. Or we might contact you directly to hound you to buy before yes. they're gone. All right. Have a good week, folks.